Podcasting from the Space Coast in Florida, this is the Dadpreneur Podcast, where we'll feature entrepreneurs, share digital marketing strategies to help grow your business, and discuss the dynamics of family and business. Now your host, Alex Oliveira. Hey, welcome back to the Dadpreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Oliveira. And today we're going to continue our lead generation masterclass that we've been doing. I think we're on episode number 14 this season. And, uh, you know, we've talked about everything from the basics of online lead gen, uh, website audits, what content management systems you should use when doing lead generation. We've discussed in length everything about the target audience, keyword research, landing pages, your call to action, your offer. And then we've other episodes we've gone over your funnel automation what those workflows should look like how you should do a b testing and in the last few weeks we've been going over traffic like where are you going to promote how are you going to get traffic to your website so that it can convert convert into leads and then we've also discussed how you can qualify and nurture your leads compliance analytics metrics building a team having a timeline the budget. And as I said, we've been going over these different channels over the last few weeks that you can promote on, like your paid search, pay-per-click advertising, SEO, email marketing. And now you've come to the part where we're going to talk about social media. And instead of telling you how or which platform you should be on, I'm going to more try to educate you on what's going on in social media today as it pertains to small businesses and really applies to brands as well, whether it's a personal brand or a large brand. The reality is there's 3.78 million daily users on social media. I have a feeling that a good chunk of those are just bots, right? And I know that from from my own experience, looking at what what the followers do, how they engage and how easy it is to just simply buy followers, to your channel. But the opportunity is huge, right? They've done research, extensive research, Gartner and many other organizations that I'm going to put the the sources into the uh, uh, show notes. But consumers report that 54% 54 of them, when they're shopping for a product or a service, will research on social media. They'll research the brands, the small businesses, because they're trying to look for reviews They're looking for pictures, for videos, anything that will help them be educated on their purchase. That is part of the the customer journey. So while I do believe that the numbers are overstated by these social media platforms, there is no doubt that there is a huge opportunity for you to grow your business, generate leads on social media. But let's take a step back and really not talk about the big brands that we see on social media. We understand just like mass media, print media, all the different types of media that has has existed since the beginning of time, the large companies and big brands always dominate. And I have experience with big brands. I've worked with Ford, AutoNation, MetLife, Home Depot, Macy's, and many other brands in in driving traffic to their websites, whether it was through our publisher network or actually doing lead generation, right? Driving calls and web forms. And I, it's very different. The companies, they have the, those big companies, they have the resources, they have the budgets, right? And they already have the brand awareness. So 
when they're out there putting out a social media ad or just even a, a piece of content like a blog or a post, it's a lot different than what you do. So you should never really compare the strategy that you see a large company or a, a brand like Apple um, or, or Airbnb or Starbucks or any of these big brands. You should not compare what they're doing to what you're doing because they are a machine and their audience, while sometimes can be similar to yours, that you're not going to have the same brand equity as those companies. So let's take a look at the small businesses in America today. Uh, CB Insights reports that there are over 30 million small businesses in the U.S. Now, the way that the Department of Labor Statistics uh, uh, qual um, qualifies um, small businesses is they, they say it's businesses with less than 500 employees. But we all know that there's many levels or tiers of small businesses, right? For example, for our company, we work with a lot of businesses that we consider medium size business. And to us, a medium business is a business with 150 or more employees, 150 to 500. That's our sweet spot. But then we have the small businesses, which we consider those businesses doing over a million in revenue. So between a million and about 20 million, there's a sweet spot there. And then I've got what I consider the micro businesses doing less than a million in revenue, which typically they have only a handful of employees, right? So you've got a lot of those solopreneurs that are included in that number there that you see 30 million small businesses. But what's interesting about small businesses is that unfortunately, 95% of them fail in the first five years. So you've, you've heard the statistics, you've seen it from the Department of Labor Statistics, from the SBDC and all the other organizations that collect this type of data. So after five years, 5% 5 of the businesses are left standing. Every year, there's about 600,000 new businesses that come on the block. So take a look at that and you see how user and consumers' behaviors have changed over time, right? But it's not to say that because a business didn't participate or promote their product or service online, specifically on social media, it doesn't mean that that's why they went out of business. As a matter of fact, it's probably one of the smallest reasons a business is going to go out of business is social media. So ultimately, the question that I get from small businesses when they approach us to do their lead generation campaigns is, should we be on social media? right? Because they were able to grow their business without being in social media, much like we see with mass media and print. At the height of, of you know, TV when they were running commercials, if you were a small business, you didn't have the budget to run it on a national network. Maybe you did, maybe you were able to have a spot on the local channel, but you weren't able to do the same thing that a large organization does, right? Doing print ads and beautiful magazines. And a lot of companies grew during during those periods and thrived and had market share. So the point I'm making is that you don't necessarily have to be on every social media platform out there. We know there's way too many social media platforms. You know, you've got Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, YouTube, Pinterest, Reddit, TikTok, Snapchat, Amazon, you know, there, there's just so many. And how are you going to divide your time on all these shared um, social networks, and then still do your paid and own media channels, right? So your own media channel is your email marketing, your website, right? What you do with SEO. Then you've got your paid. So there's so much that you're doing in 
terms of marketing, specifically digital marketing. And what you have to decide is the efforts of your time and your budget. How much of that are you going to dedicate to social media, right? But you know, the, the Department of Labor statistic also says that 42% of businesses, that the, the ones that go out of business after five years, those 95%, they found in their research that 42% lacked market demand. So think about that. Almost half went out of business, not because of funding, not because they couldn't find people, but just because they didn't have a right product or market demand. Right. And one could say, well, they didn't have market demand because they couldn't promote it. But that's not necessarily true. I could see that more for a a direct to consumer e-commerce company where you're trying to only reach people online. But if you're a brick and mortar or a service provider, let's say you're a home improvement contractor, a doctor or a lawyer, any of those services, if you're in town and you do good work, it's like compound interest. It just gets bigger and bigger and bigger because every time you serve one customer, if you do a really nice job and if you really care about their, the, the serving them, right. And really delighting them. So you sell, you serve and you create that lifetime value. They're going to tell other people, right? So the way I do my funnel for my clients is I look at it this way. I attract, I nurture. So I attract the leads, which are customers, right? Prospects, So I attract it. Think of it from the top of the funnel. I am attracting them. Then I'm nurturing. Then I am going to convert them into a sale, right? Then I will close. When I say close, you say, well, you converted them from a lead to a sale. But when I close them into a lifetime customer, right? That's a little bit different. And then of course, delight them. You want to delight them so that you can have them coming back. And you're in a position where if you did an amazing job and provided value, they're going to tell other people. That's where you really can grow. When you have customers who are referring you to your your target audience, it, it, it really can change the trajectory of your business. Uh, I can definitely attest to that in a handful of businesses that I've started over the last 20 years. In every single case, it was I, I, I hit sort of a peak where I was really growing just off of guerrilla marketing, right? That was an old term in sales and marketing, guerrilla marketing. We just went out there and pounded the doors, made cold calls, did everything we could to get those first few sales. And I've had two businesses that reached over a million in revenue in the in the second year. Both of those businesses in the second year, we went from 300,000 and 700,000 in one business and to over a million in revenue. And then we just kept growing. Then we had to switch gears and say, okay, how do we go from guerrilla marketing? Now we're going to nurture those clients and ask for referrals. And in many cases, if you did a really good job, you're not even having to ask people. They're telling people right? And so I know for, that's what I try to do for my clients. For I do a lot of consulting and also training. I try to explain to companies, if you take care of your customers, you have a, a product that has market demand. It's a product fit. The price is there. It's right. If you treat those customers better than your competitors, chances are they're going to keep coming back and telling other people. And the same is going to work on social media because you could work so hard to promote yourself on social media. Let's say you run ads, you do posts, you're on every social media platform. You've got influencers running content for you, right? They're promoting you. But let's say your products aren't that great or there is any market demand or even worse, you're not 
providing the best value for your customers. Maybe they have a poor experience and you're not aware of it, right? And so you start to see that that repeat business is not coming back. It's more expensive to acquire a new customer than it is to keep a current one. So keep that in mind. As you uh, grab new customers, as you bring them in and turn them into fans, don't let them go. Serve them every which way you can. And sometimes serving them means sending them to a competitor, right? And taking good care of them. I do that very often. A lot of the leads that come through our pipeline are micro businesses. They're not a fit for us. That's okay. I've got a army, an army of freelancers and digital marketers that we've worked with, whether it's email, pay-per-click, uh, web design, all the different services that you need to do lead generation. I will make an introduction and a call because I'm helping two people out, right? And that, that chances are that when they grow, they may come back to me because they'll remember that I hooked them up with someone who was, you know, legit and, and, and it, it, they didn't have to go out and try to find a freelancer. So it really works out. And then of course, for the freelancer or contractor, they know that they can always depend on me sending them good customers. And when I need them to do some work for me, they're going to be there for me. So it's a win-win for, for everyone. But also uh, from the labor statistics, the other thing that, you know, they found in their survey was that the question they asked was, what's the hardest challenge small businesses go through today? And they asked that to those 95% of the businesses that failed after five years. And what they found was it's labor. It's the quality of labor. It's not social media. Social media doesn't even make the top five list of reason, like things that are the hardest to, to do. Technology is even above um, uh, social media. Technology is very hard. All these industries are changing and evolving and small businesses are finding that it's hard to keep up with it. And we can make a case for social media being technology, which it is, right? It's an app. You run it on a desktop computer or a smartphone, but it's more about uh, the socializing and engaging with customers, whereas technology, we're talking about the cloud and software and SaaS and all the other things that oftentimes it's too expensive for small businesses to, to uh, grow by doing. I can, I can see that with a lot of attorneys. I can see that with a lot of CPAs, the types of services where there is a multitude of things that were done manually by their office or assistance, but now are all automated and done using AI, right? So the, 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 for a lot of small businesses, the challenge, main challenge is labor quality, right? It's not social media. And I'm hammering on that because to me, it's very important that you understand why you should be on social media. I recently read an article that um, I, the, the headline read something like 105 social media sites you need to be on in 2021. Are you kidding me? 105 social media websites? I, I, I don't even participate in a handful, right? For my company or for my customers' companies, because I don't, I, I will never advise that a customer, a, a company should be on social media because their customers are there, right? There are channels that your customers may be on, but they're not there to buy your product or service or your type of product. They're not there to engage with your type of, com with your type of company, right? Think about Facebook or Instagram. People go to Instagram for inspiration. If they go to Pinterest, they're looking for images to 
um, help them understand how to do a weekend job or something like that. They go to YouTube for DIY videos or how-to videos. So when you think about all those platforms, people are there really to have fun, connect with their families, with their friends. They belong to groups. When they're hit in the face with an ad that is, while, while it may be a fit for them, it's totally irrelevant, the, meaning the timing of it. I'm there having fun, talking about sports with my buddies or whatever the case is, right? And then boom, I'm hit in the face with an ad that has nothing to do with what I, I'm, I need at that moment. For example, uh, accounting or digital marketing or you know a, a dentist running an ad. I'm, let's say I'm on Reddit and I'm really into this one article and I'm scrolling through and boom, I see an ad. And even if I'm, I'm the right target audience, I'm a male, that particular age in that geographic area, but I'm, I'm not really interested in seeing that ad at that moment, it actually may work against me. So why I say that is you really have to understand which social media platform is going to work for your company, your product and service. And of course, you start by really trying to figure out what industries, what verticals are running ads um, on each social media platform. So again, we went through those 10. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, YouTube, Pinterest, Reddit, Snapchat, TikTok, Google, um, and and then of course Amazon. And I say Google because it really is YouTube. And just as a side note, when consumers today go online to buy products and services, they're going to Google when they're searching at the top of the funnel. They're learning about the product and service, right? So whether they see it through an ad or through a, a, a an organic a result. Then they go to Amazon. Amazon dominates the shopping side of, of, of search, right? More than 50% of shopping is done searching on Amazon. So people go to Amazon, right? For shopping and for Google for search. And they go to Facebook and Instagram for social, right? But the social isn't necessarily always about selling. Oftentimes it's about just having a little fun and telling the story about your business. And it does differ a little bit from B2B or B2C. It isn't simply just the fact that your, you, your target audience is there. It doesn't mean because the, the, the platforms like Facebook and all the tools that they have for choosing audience, it doesn't mean because the, the inventory of audience is there, it doesn't mean you should be sent, you know, putting ads in front of these people. Now, if you're selling with the, with the ad, let's say it's a video, um, and you are selling, you have a call to action, like you have an offer, a strong offer, you're hitting the right target audience. But the problem is that audience, maybe they don't want to be sold. And you'll find out very quickly. If you run an ad on Facebook or Instagram or, or uh, LinkedIn, any of those, you will find out very quickly whether you got the objective you were looking for. And the objectives are typically three, awareness, consideration and conversion. And typically for awareness, it's more about your branding and reaching customers. Consideration, more about generating leads, getting video views and engaging or generating traffic to your website. And then conversion is about driving sales. But even then, they can't really, uh, uh, they can't really guarantee that you will get sales, right? They can guarantee that people will see your offer and they can also guarantee that they're showing those ads to people who've shown to be buyers, right? Consumers of products are going into a store so you can drive store traffic as well. But they can't, 
even if that's your goal, your objective, it doesn't mean it's going to work every time. There's so much that goes into that, the messaging, the call to action, your website. How about your website? If, if, if I click on one of your ads and I go to a crappy website that has a, that is slow and, and the navigation is not so good, guess what? I'm not going to convert. So that for that, you can't blame the social media platform. That's your fault as a business owner that you don't have a website that functions the way people expect it to. So think about yourself. You buy products on Amazon. You buy products on all these large platforms and they give you the best user experience and that's what you're used to. And then you go on someone else's website to buy their product or fill out a form for a service, like a service request. And let's say you have a terrible experience because of the speed, because of the, the user experience. Guess what? You, you don't care that it's because they haven't updated their website in a year or two. So think of it, your, your website, a lot like your storefront. If you're a lawyer, for example, you care about your website no, no more or less than you do about your office. Right? If you have a law office, you want to make sure everything is nice, tidy. You've got a nice espresso machine, comfortable seating, air conditioning, the whole nine. The sign outside, the parking lot is nice and new. The bathrooms are clean. That's what, the, what you want to pro- portray because you want to take good care of customers. Well, it's the same with your website. You want people to come to your website and be impressed. And by the way, it's really hard to do. That's why you have to have a webmaster a web developer, right? Someone who manages your website on a regular basis. I was just called out on my website today. There was a form that was broken. My free website audit form was broken, which, you know, I wasn't aware of. So I reached out to my web developer and I said, hey, look, I just had a a contact of mine tell me that he tried to fill out the uh, form and it went nowhere. And it's sort of embarrassing, right? Because I'm in this business and how am I going to have a broken form? So the point is, it could happen to any of us because no one is looking at your website 24-7. But you definitely want to make sure you have someone managing the website for updates, for security uh, features and things like that on a regular basis. And regular, I mean weekly. Your website could go down, your forms could break, and then you're going, well, my ads are not working. So, you know, social media, you've got to run ads. If you're going to be there you want to generate leads. It's a great place to generate leads at a low cost per acquisition. Uh, the thing about it is depending on your industry, you're, you might generate a lot of leads, but maybe it's lower intent, right? Because as I said, it goes back to the what people are doing there in the first place. They're there to have fun. They're there to engage with their friends and groups. And so if they're hitting the face with a, an ad, they may engage with it, even fill out the form but are they serious? Probably not as serious as the consumer who went to uh, Bing or DuckDuckGo or Google and then put in a keyword like air conditioning repair company near me. And then that, the, the results of those companies came, whether it's an ad or an organic search result, then they click on that and they either call or fill out a form. Of course, that in that journey, the lead is going to have a higher intent. It's going to be more valuable to you. Whereas if I'm on Facebook, and even though I knew I needed to call an air conditioning repair person, and then I see an ad by an air conditioning repair person or company locally, you know, I may or may not engage. And even if I do, I may have a lower uh, intent to begin with. So again, it depends on 
what you're selling. It really depends on what you're selling. And more than anything else, you have to test. It's different for every market. It really depends on your competitors. We know that all the platforms that do digital ads is mostly based off of auction. So they're auctioning off the keywords. They're auctioning off the, the, the audiences, right? And so it's how much you're willing to pay per click. And if you, if you say, I'm willing to pay the lowest price per click, guess what? You, you're not going to get the highest engagement. However, when you, when you test and you figure out that sweet spot and you want to increase your bids to outbid your competitor, you may start to see more quality leads. But if you go for the lowest cost per acquisition, you may not get the best leads that you're looking for. So again, you got to make sure that your website is working. You got to make sure you have a good story about your company, right? That's your brand. Tell them the history, what you guys done for customers. Maybe use some reviews, some testimonials. Make sure you have a good offer, right? The targeting, use the tools that are there. Got to do that. And then most importantly, make sure you have tracking. Tracking is what's going to make or break you. Because we could talk about your objectives all day and say, well, it's leads, but how many leads at what price and what do they need to convert at? Those are your KPIs and you got to talk to your team, whether it's your, your managers, the owners, um, the marketing or sales team and say, Hey team, how many leads do we want to generate? Okay, great. How much do we want to pay for these leads? Uh, what's like the maximum amount that we could pay for a lead? Okay, great. Now let's talk about these leads need to convert at 10%, 20%, 30%. And when we want to get X number of clicks to the website, X number of calls, that's what we're expecting. Great. Then you follow that. And once you run the campaign, come back a week, a month later, whatever your timeline is, and measure that. And see, I've, I've spent $1,000 on lead generation ads on Facebook, for example. And I generated, you know, 100 leads. Did that make sense for me? Did those lead close? Um, also did, did those leads, um, even work as it, as it pertains to just contact? Cause if I generate a hundred leads and my sales team contacts those 100 leads, one, two, three, four, five times via email and phone call and can't get in touch with anyone, something's wrong. Something is wrong, right? You either targeted the wrong audience or you are, or those leads are bogus, in which case I want to find out. And then I want to talk to Facebook or Instagram or LinkedIn or wherever you ran the ads. But there's a lot of great ways for you to generate leads out there. Again, the Facebook platform is really good with generating leads. But there's also Twitter. They've got this um, uh, a, a branding sort of tool that allows you to go publish to certain audiences. I think there's about 200 publishers. And that's a good way to do that. Of course, LinkedIn, you've got... If you're on the sales side, you've got uh, LinkedIn Navigator, and um, and then of course you got the LinkedIn ads there. But YouTube, great for video views. You can get view video views for as little as a penny per view, and then you also can do lead ad forms as an extension at the end of the video there. And then the list goes on from there. You know, the the bottom line is social media is here to stay. Your customers are on there. You have to figure out whether you want to spend time um, creating your brand on social media and which channels you want to be on. You don't have to be on every channel, right? You, you know that you want to be on 
Facebook and Instagram and LinkedIn and some of those, but maybe not. I've recently been talking to a lot of business owners who are skipping out on most of those platforms and they're sticking to one. If it's LinkedIn, because they're mostly B2B, they're saying, that's what I'm going to do. I, I can't tell them any different, right? Because if you're growing your business and you are generating leads on a constant basis for your company if, through other channels, then look, you're growing, you're happy with the growth, the market share, then you leave that market share on those channels to your competitors. I can't tell you that you should be there or shouldn't be there. You know, at the end of the day, those companies are going to do what's good for them. And they're going to, you know, basically take money from the highest bidder. That's what they're all about. And, and, and it's, you know, it's sort of one of those things that you have to decide. If you want to generate leads, is social media a viable option? I would say if you've never tried it, you've never tested, you, you're doing yourself a disservice if you don't at least test. So, you know, spend three months testing one channel. Facebook and Instagram, let's say, then do another channel and then keep going until you find the right strategy, the right campaign that works for you and for your business. I know that these channels work. I've used every single one of the channels that I've mentioned on today's podcast, including TikTok for lead generation. I've recently been running lead generation ads on TikTok and I can tell you that it works. So, there are opportunities you have to be willing to test. You have to be willing to start because if you don't start, you can't say it doesn't work. And it's okay as a business owner, as a leader to say, I don't like social media. Great. Hire a team to do it for you. Because the bottom line for me as an entrepreneur is, do I want my business to grow? Yes. Great. And I often find that even if the audience is there, as I've mentioned at least three times on this uh, episode, even if the audience is there, I might find that it's not worthwhile to be there because I ran a campaign, both organic posts, you know, creating really good content, posting it consistently, thought-provoking stuff with the right keywords, the right videos, the right images, all the right things. And then I ran ads and promoted those uh, posts it to the right audience with the right clicks with the right links to the website all of that and it didn't really have the outcomes that i wanted or the kpis at that point i have to say okay that channel is not for me right uh, or it could work but just it's too expensive like linkedin i've ran lots of campaigns on, on linkedin over the last 10 years okay lots of campaigns and it it it, it can work but it it is too expensive for some companies. And so you can't compete with the, your biggest competitors and trying to acquire clients with the same budget that those guys have or the same cost per acquisition because some of these companies, they have the money just to throw at, at, at these platforms and they're not even really worried about whether they get a conversion or not. They just know they need to be there and their CMOs and their teams are gonna say, look, we need to be everywhere. We need to dominate. And that's great. That works out for them. But for me and for most of the small to medium-sized companies that I work with, the bottom line is, am I getting a return on my investment? Are these leads converting into sales? That's what matters. So again, I encourage you to test on social media, whether you're B2B, B2C, anywhere in the world. Doesn't matter what your product or service is, test. Until you test, you won't know if, if, if social media is a good 
um, option for your business to grow. So I hope this has been a helpful episode. I can talk for hours about social media, but at some point it starts to sound the same. And, um, you know, if you have any questions, please reach out to me, Alex at the dadpreneur podcast. Actually it's Alex at dadpreneur.co. I look forward to talking to you on the next episode. We're kind of rounding out this lead generation masterclass. Uh, I believe we have, um, two more episodes and then uh, we'll pick another topic uh, outside of lead generation. And if you have a topic you want to request like SEO or PPC or influencer, I'm, I'm game to try it out and put it to, to a vote here with my team. But again, we want to make sure we create content that is um, useful and, and unique for you, the listener. And do me a favor, if you're liking the podcast, if you've listened to this episode this far, do me a favor, hit the subscribe button on the platform you're listening to and go ahead and also give me a review. It'll really help me rank and grow the podcast. The goal for me is to grow this podcast so that I can serve the small to medium businesses that um, I can't reach or work with every day right? But I'm also looking for partners. So if you are also listening to this podcast and you are interested in becoming a guest uh, coming on, I interview guests once a week, uh, business leaders, entrepreneurs, marketers. I'm interested in, in your story of business. If you have tips and good recommendations that you can give to our audience. Right now, our audience is small. We've got a couple thousand listeners. Um, and, and a couple hundred downloads for each episode. So again, we're still in the beginning growing sort of the podcast, the beginning of growing this podcast. But if you're listening, a review would be very helpful. And if you want to connect with me on LinkedIn, I'm available. I run a few other companies like Predict and a few other platforms there. So I, I have lots of connections that I want to share with the community. And again, this podcast has been just a lot of fun. I mean, now we're over 50 episodes easily and I, we're just going to keep on growing this and, um, yeah, we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. Thank you. That's it for the dadpreneur podcast with Alex Oliveira. Like what you heard, leave us a review. If you have questions, email us at listener at dadpreneur.co. You may also visit dadpreneur.co for free resources.